welcome to another week of Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James. Thanks for joining us as we continue celebrating and recognizing amazing women during Women's Month. We're closing out this month with three amazing women. Um, you're going to love it. You're going to love the show today. Here on Living a Rich Life talk show, we inform, inspire, and encourage each other to live the principles of living a rich life. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. Today's guests are prime examples of women that will inform you, they definitely will inspire you, and remind you to stay focused on living a rich life. So with that being said, let's talk about it. Today, our first guest, um, are amazing, extraordinary, talented, amazing women. They are the dream team of executive, let me see, exec home realty, Ms. Taki Wilkes and Candace Carr. Welcome, welcome. You with me? You got to take yourself off mute. All right, so we're going to see what's going on with them. Okay. Oh, thank, thank you, you for having us. us. We appreciate you. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, you know that saying, you know, if you're ever in a meeting and say, hey, I was talking on mute. <laughs> so welcome, ladies. How are you doing today? We are doing great. Well. We are super excited to be here, especially for the last day of Women's, Women's History Young. Month. Yes. It is such a blessing to be here. We're super excited. It's been a long day for us. Um, we've actually given back to the community. We were just at St. Paul Schools where we talked to fourth, fourth grade, grade class about redlining, redlining and its impact on the community and, and, and the impact on Baltimore City. Yes. We had a closing and now we're here living a rich life. That's so right. We are super excited right. and tired. <laughs> but you can't stop. Right. And a job. <laughs> sometimes. That's, that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned a few things. So you had closing and you had, you know, giving back by talking to some young folks. We're going to talk about all that. Um, but first, for those that are watching, um, please uh, tell them where you're from. Which We're I'm actually both from Baltimore, Maryland, born yeah. and raised. I'm from East Side and she's from West That's Side. Right. Anybody from Baltimore knows we do East Side and West Side. Yes. So. <laughs> we on the territory. The yeah. same thing. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Now, let's get into this. So, you mentioned the term redlining. Mm -hmm. what, what is what is redlining? I want to get right into that because when I don't know something, I got to ask real quick because I forget things these days. Great question. So back in the 1930s, um, at redlining was there were maps that were used to indicate what areas they would use for or they would put uh, lower income and primarily blacks into. Okay. And so those individuals inside the areas that were surrounded by red lines were not able to get funding for loans. They weren't able to get insurances on their homes. And it still impacts our city today. So if you look at certain neighborhoods and communities, and even if you kind of, you know, Chris Rock makes the joke about MLK Boulevard. And you know how he says if you're in MLK Boulevard in any part of the country, it's probably a bad neighborhood. So that's what redlining did. It kind of put low-income individuals and primarily low-income Blacks in certain areas to kind of keep them away from home ownership and building wealth. 
and generational wealth is what we talked about. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that 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 in lines with again principle number three for living a rich life, which is about absolutely freedom. Um, so let's let's talk about this real estate thing that you ladies are in. So how let's long talk have, about it. How long <laughs> have you been in real estate? We are licensed realtors. We are veteran realtors for over fourteen years 14 now. Years. Yeah, over fourteen years, long time. So we've been ups and downs, the market crash, the back, the forth, the ups and downs. So we've been through it all. 14 years. Well, both of you ladies look like you're about 21. Well, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate, we appreciate that. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this old thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, when it comes to real estate, again, because home home ownership is is really, really important. One of the yes. things that my, my team had a question was like, well, one of my younger team members was like, is there any specialty when it comes to, you know, realty, you know, like, specializing in whether it's veterans or you know low income housing what t- tell us what's your uh, your realtor specialty great point so we are first time buyer specialty and the reason why is because we were both sometimes some type of way victims of predatory lending so for example myself in 2005 i was told to buy the biggest home that i couldn't afford and and it, it, you know i purchased it the lender the realtor the realtor was more concerned about the bonus he got the bonus. We're getting. Guess what? Four years later, I went into foreclosure and bankruptcy because I couldn't afford the house. And I told myself, I said, I never want anybody to sit in my seat. I never want anybody to go through what I went through. And we decided to since then be, you know, in the community, helping nonprofits, speaking to first-time buyers, making them feel comfortable, and letting them know that we 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 sat there, but we're not here to take advantage of you. We care. Mm-hmm. So we were both taken advantage of earlier on. And we decided that we're really committed to making sure that the first time home buyer feels very comfortable and confident when making that first purchase because we know it's kind of scary and it's really leery. And we also have a radio show that we do on Praise 106.1 FM. And on our now we're you know on hiatus due to COVID, but when we actually did our very first show, we did that show. Um, with the title of fear yes because we found that a lot of people specifically in our community were fearful of diving into the home buying process and that fear is one of the things that's been keeping us as a community away from being able to dive into that generational wealth that we all want and that we all deserve so that's the focus of ours so it's that's our baby now we do all types of real estate and we can help with we're seller agent buyer agent investors we can help with it all but where our heart is, is helping that very that first time home buyer. And like you said, Rich, it's important to have a niche. You can do something so well, but if you don't have a niche of something, your passion will be, you know, your passion should be something. It should be one area, not this, not that, not commercial. I mean, you choose a niche, but like, like Taki said, we specialize in everything as well. So, so as, as well as, so now commercial real estate versus residential, two different things. Mm-hmm. Correct. Are you into commercial real estate as well? Yeah, so we do some commercial, but our primary focus is residential. Um, that's our bread and butter. So commercial opportunities, they come our way here and there. Um, so we do some, you know, uh, leasing and all that good stuff. But primarily residential is what we focus on. Commercial is different in that everything's done per square foot and by sector, whether it's retail or office or industrial, et cetera. Um, it's like a little bit of a different language, but they are very similar. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, one of the things that caught my ear, and, and again, 
the fear of you know home ownership and things of that nature and, and you ladies just pointed it out was you know i heard the statement you know choose a realtor who cares more about your pocket than theirs right now so based on your statement though do i sounds like you agree with that do you is that, is that an accurate absolutely absolutely 100 percent. we have many buyers that come to us and say you know what we saw this house for this let's say three hundred thousand dollar price point and then they say you know what well, we want to go up to 350 but you told the dream team to key and i that you want to stay at three hundred thousand. we don't want you to go to 350. now one client of ours in 14 years have come back and said sell my house i'm going into foreclosure because we care up front mm -hmm. we're very strategic about things we make sure that they understand what their mortgage payment is going to be make sure they understand what um everything is done before they make an offer yeah and they do get antsy don't they yeah they get and, antsy. and sometimes we get pushback from our clients when we say when they want to get a higher price home but if they share with us their goals then we always want to revisit those goals because that goal is based on what that mortgage payment is going That's to right. be so we want them to remain comfortable so we revisit it and we remind them what they want even though that would be more commission for us it's not about the commission or the payment to us it's about keeping the client happy because we know if they're happy and they're satisfied they're going to tell their friends they're going to tell their family and that's more families that we can help absolutely i, I love that i love that frame of thinking um i wish more folks would think that way but yeah. you know these two amazing women we have here live on be exposed radio thank you for sharing that let's share with the individuals that's watching and listening um, how they can get in contact with you. I want to do that right off the bat after that great segue. Oh, we appreciate that. So you can reach us on Instagram at Trust the Dream. So that's our username for Trust the Dream. You can also reach us online. Our website is Trust the Dream as well. Excuse me, the Instagram is Trust the Dream Team. And then the website is Trust the Dream. And you can reach me personally to Key Wilkes by going to my Instagram, which is Realtor underscore Taki, T-E-K-E-E. -E. If you can type it up there somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in Kansas. Yes, <laughs> car underscore Realtor, C-A-R-R underscore Realtor. You can also give us a call at 443-677-8732 So there's tons of ways to reach us. You can also find us on Facebook at Trust the Dream Team. So we are out there we are available you can find us and trust me somebody you know knows about the dream team oh so yeah all you got to do is ask yes exactly <laughs> and we will call you back yes yeah follow up is super important and our mailbox are not our mailboxes are never full never that's a pet peeve of ours that's and not answer the phone <laughs> it's nice so i was going to ask when you the phone rings do you answer it or uh, an assistant answers. That's that's always a, a, a telltale for me as well when you come to house ownership and buying. Great question. We're very personal. We answer our own telephone. Okay. If we're with a client, we're showing houses for two hours, we cannot answer the phone. We give each individual client our undivided attention. You will never catch us on the telephone saying, excuse me, I have to take another call. That is a no-no. Okay. And typically yeah. with the dream team, and one of the reasons why a lot of our buyers and sellers like to work with us is we do try to partner up with um, with each other as much as possible. So what that means is when you have a realtor who with the dream team, you don't just have one realtor, you have two. And having two realtors means that if me, Taki, a single mother, has something that I have to do, then I can always lean on my partner, Candace, and she can always lean on me. 
We're both single moms. Both we're both moms. trying to make it. We both have our own lives and our own responsibilities. So there are times when we are not always 100% available, yes. but we don't want to let the client suffer. So we make sure that we lean on each other. Okay. Is, is that how the dream team? Because, you know, when you say dream team, <laughs> I think of the NBA. <laughs> Magic Johnson, you know. Yes. And what a lot of people don't realize is the dream team is a team of eight. So what you see here is just Candace and I who, you know, actually act as team lead. But then we have a team of eight, five full time and three part time. So when we're not available or if we just need help or even when we want to reach out and mentor, we help our other team members as well. And they help us. And we might add a third realtor sometimes because the market is so hot right now. Sometimes we need same day showings. I mean, this market is on fire, but we typically do not like to go outside the two because we want the, the customer to feel like they're getting the, the number one customer service and that we're not passing them on. The client needs to feel special. And all our clients say the same thing. When you go to our website, you can actually see our client testimonials. We believe our work speaks through our clients. And we will give you the, la the, the last 10 clients without even telling them they're going to call. So <laughs> you can call our clients and they'll tell you. Okay. Well, references are very important. That's that's absolutely, absolutely. So tell <laughs> us, you know, because you started off, the day's been long. What is a yeah. typical day look like for the dream team? Exactly. Do you want to know? Ooh, Do we you really want to know? Up early, early, early. Right. <laughs> um, morning starts early. Early at five. Well, single mothers, well, I have an eight and ten year old. They go to school. I'm up at five thirty in the morning. Out the door. School starts seven forty-five. They're in their call. Calling the first client 8 a.m. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes this is what it is. So we start at 8 a.m., but we have shifts too. So when that 8 o'clock comes around, I got to get settled for the kids. Then you have Tiki, who may be up until 11 or 12 o'clock to put in an offer. So yeah, we have all the way around. Yes. And then we yeah. have another partner who wakes up. He's a little bit of a later ride. Yes. So he, he'll be with the client sometimes at 10 or even 11 o'clock trying to make sure that everybody is taken care of, all questions are answered, and everybody can go to sleep comfortably without worrying or stressing. So there's always somebody available, we believe, in 24-7 customer service and support. So and that's it. And just to answer your question a little further, so we're up very early. Um, Candace and I will typically touch base with each other, and we'll kind of go over our workload, our team load, who's working on what and where the transactions are and what position in place. And then we'll do our follow-up calls and touch base with lenders and clients. We have our assistant do our schedule. So then she'll she'll download our schedule into our phone so we know where we need to be. And then we also know who we need to delegate responsibility to. And then, you know, we'll do showings. We may negotiate a contract or negotiate repairs throughout the day. Hopefully we have a closing, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so what do you know from 8 a.m. until 11.30 p.m. around <laughs> the clock, around the clock. Right. And it just goes on and on until then. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the one thing when you have those long schedules, and I, I always like to give my, my team a shout out. So right now I'm a, I'm a shout out uh, my producer, Monty, who just, again, he handles everything and not just my show, but about four or five, four or five other shows. Right, Monty? Wow. I, High five, Monty. Awesome. That's awesome. You're yeah. making it happen. Yeah, that, that he does, that he does. Uh, and I usually don't get up till about 10 o'clock in the morning. So um, now talk we're thinking about you when you wake up, you know, 5.30. You've been here. So Candace and I are like, well, early bird gets the worm. That's right. By the time you wake up, our offer has already been accepted. Our client is celebrating. We might be at closing. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. We've worked out. We've, we already worked out. We've done it all. 
and we pray. Amen. And we oh, pray. Yeah. Amen. Stay <laughs> safe. Okay. And we will. Uh, as long as the client allows, we will pray with our clients. We'll pray with them in the middle of the living room floor before the office is accepted. And we're serious about that. Absolutely. I, 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 I believe it. I definitely believe it. <laughs> So let's talk about how technology is playing in this world of real estate, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways of, you know, online marketing, advertising. And, you know, I, I read that the internet is critical tool now for selling homes. How would you market, you know, uh, my property online? If I had a property online, how would you market that? So the internet has been really important, especially right now with COVID, because there are some properties that you can only see virtually, and, and there's, of course, DocuSign to get contracts and things signed, and, you know, the internet has been imperative. But in terms of marketing your property, first and foremost, we're going to put it in Bright MLS, which is the multiple listing service, which gives your property, or gives, I'd say, hundreds of thousands of agents yes. access to your property. That's also going to be linked to Zillow, Realtor.com, Homes.com, all the platforms that people are using to search for property. In addition to that, Candace and I used to have on our radio show, we would showcase Home of the Week. That's cool. So we would market your property that way, giving you access to the Radio One phrase audience. Um, and then social media, of course, our own personal pages, our um, team page. And then, of course, we're going to reach out to our agent friends and mm -hmm. all of our colleagues yes. and let them know we have a hot new listing. Definitely bring your buyer. We reach out to our friends and say, right. hey, mm -hmm. you have a buyer in this price point? I've got a great property for you to see. So we pretty much go above and beyond. Okay. So, somebody said, West Side? <laughs> yes. oh. Generational wealth is very important. Yes. yes 100%. And Rich, to, to, to speak to that as well, social media presence, so important, so important, so important. We were also ranked out of 50 Maryland realtors Rank number eight, number eight for our social media presence. Yeah. So we've got just we got some numbers. Like I got a good team. They do some digging. They pulled up some numbers. Yeah, we we definitely checked y'all out. We definitely checked y'all out. I want to take it. I want to stay online with the the social media aspect. And it sounds yeah. like you use video and and virtual tours to market homes. Is that a, a, an accurate statement? So, yes, many agents do use the virtual tours, but we actually haven't been doing the virtual tours because we found that most of our buyers, they prefer to go into the property. They want to see it. I mean, they may take a look at it online, but at the end of the day, they want to go into the property and really put their eyes and their hands and feet on the property. Absolutely. And I, when, I, when I saw this question by my team and, and I was reviewing it, to keep, I know you used to take pictures yes yes that's so, true so i was like well they probably use that skill because again this amazing woman um, <laughs> that skill but uh, i guess you know again i do i like i like to be on the property itself to be to honest yeah so and, and that's a good point so photography is something that i did do um in the past but honestly we have so many clients and our workload is just so large that I don't even have the ability to do that type of um, photography. So we actually hire photographers. We have two companies that we typically use right now, and they pretty much do all of our photography for our property. Okay. So what 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 are some ways um, to make sure a home that's you know it's more marketable? What's some ways that that you guys use? First and foremost, anyone who is looking to sell their home. 
first thing you want to do is hire the dream team. That's right. Because what we'll do is come out and assess your property. Yes. So we're going to look at it with a buyer's agent eye, which means we're going to go through your home and look at what is a buyer's agent going to say to their buyer when looking at your home. So if we notice cracks, water lines, chipping paint, things that would be a red flag or an air or an issue, we're going to point all that stuff out so you have the opportunity to fix it, repair it, or decide how you want to handle it. Next, once you're looking around your house, first and foremost, declutter. Yeah. You want to make sure that your home is open. You want to make sure that it's as spacious as possible, that you don't have too much furniture in one room. You want to make sure that it is clean. And it's not a bad idea to have it professionally clean. Um, you want to get some curb appeal. So you want to make sure when people drive by that they stop and pause and think, wow, that looks very warm and welcoming. So you want something that will invite them in. So give yourself some curb appeal in the front. Make sure you take care of any major repairs. Or if you don't want to take care of major repairs, prepare yourself to possibly uh, maybe give a credit at closing or things of that nature. So you kind of want to think about what you want to do, but the dream team will help you make that decision. And then also when you're ready to sell, we want to know what's your mortgage payoff so we can tell you what your proceeds are going to look like. That way you'll know, is it the right time to sell? Are you going to get the kind of money that you hope to get? And what is it going to take for you to get that proceeds? So we, we, we take care of the full product. And we do. And we also set goals for you as well. So when we're sitting down with you, we're saying, how long do you think this can be done? We'll actually put on our calendar. We'll follow up in two weeks or 30 days. And we hold the client accountable too. You said you want to get it done. You want it sold within 30 days. We want you to do these things so we can help you maximize getting the best offer that you can get and move forward with, you know, with mm -hmm. your next chapter. Yep. We follow up. Hey, did you paint that front door? Hey, did you get that, did you that, get that You know, we follow up to make sure that when you say you're ready to get that house on the market, it's on the market. Okay. Let's let's so let's talk homes. Let's talk homes. Let's get into the dream team's business here. So how many, homes, how many homes did you sell last year? We sold well over 50 homes last year. Ooh, that's, that's good. That's, that's we worked hard. Oh, yes. That's, that's, that's pretty good. And it's, and, and it's not, like you said, it's about quality customer service. It's not about quantity. A lot of times we don't even look. We don't even know what our sales numbers are until probably, what, fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter. We don't focus on that. Our focus is giving quality customer service from start to finish. And make sure the customer is, is the client is extremely happy. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because when you say that, I'm like, I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many homes we sold because we just don't focus. Like some teams will focus solely on the stats, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But for the dream team, we always focus on the customer. We That's focus right. on the client and the, how many families we can help. So we just want to help more and more families. So we don't do it for the accolades and all that. We do it for wow, you know, this person is 65 and just purchased their very first home. This person has now walked into home ownership and she's only 27 years old. Yes. And now she's going to be able to live in this house for five years, build some equity and put that money down on a second property and really start to build some generational wealth. Those are the things that we really like. We count and we don't count them by numbers or amount but we count them by how, how helpful we've been able to be and what, how we've been able to serve. Cause we really feel that's our purpose. That's, 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 a, that's, I mean, that's, that's key. I mean, that, that it is, is key. key. It, it's very admirable. I mean, but at the end of the day, still, you're still generating some money. 
Right. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you before you get into how much money, because you know people always want to know how much and how many millions. We sold millions, but we do not disclose right. because we don't want anybody counting out any. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I would I would never ask such a question because there's three things that I was told that I could keep I should keep to myself. That's my business. Okay. <laughs> what are those three? <laughs> those three things. One is your income. Your income. Your next moves, and your relationship. There you go. That's your business. That's your business. <laughs> and, and you have to remember too, it's just not the two of us selling over 50 homes. We have a whole team of eight of us selling homes. So we don't want clients to feel like, oh my God, they have so many clients. They're so busy. See, we that's not what we want them to think. Every client that comes to us, guess what they say? We thought you were our only client. We thought that you were it. Because we give you so much love and attention and we nurture it. Sometimes we show them 30 houses before they even see the house of their dreams. Yes, and it's challenging. It is very challenging yeah. to make to my client thing. feel like the only client yes. when you're juggling 20 to 30. It's, it's exhausting at times, but it's worth it. And it clearly pays off. So I, I would say, ladies, keep doing what you're doing because I don't see no crack in your armor. I, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so kindness. much. And please keep doing what you're doing because every single principle that you mentioned aligns totally with the dream team. And we just want you to continue to grow and build. And we, we are happy to be a part of this journey. It is a blessing to be here. Yes, and it is. like, just keep going, keep yes. going, Rich. I'm so yes. proud of you. I, I definitely appreciate that. Let's continue on this home front, right? As okay. Selling houses and putting, let's, let's, let's change the terminology as we talk okay. about putting families in homes. Yes. going to be in for a while. Right. So what's the general time frame or maybe the average? What's the average number of days from the original list price to, you know, you get an accepted offer for you, for you guys? Or wow. In this market right now, um, you're probably going to get about a good maybe five to seven showings a day and you're under contract in 48 to 72 hours. I mean, that's what's happening the right market now. market is super fast right now. Yeah. So. If you love the home and you're a buyer, jump on it right away because it will not be there tomorrow. Homes are moving that quickly. And actually, we're in a seller's market, yes. which means that there's just not enough. In, oh, you're excited about that. So, because no, so, so, so to keep, I was like, yeah, that's that, that's my follow-up question was going to be. <laughs> you already it's know. It's a seller's market. It's a buyer's market. Right. So, tell our folks that are watching and listening here at Be Exposed Radio, What's what's the difference? Because because again, we're educating folks, we're informing them. Absolutely. So, the seller's market just means right now there is just not enough inventory. <clears throat> excuse me for the amount of buyers that are out there. So there's not enough homes, which means that buyers are all competing for the same property. So right now, sellers are getting multiple offers for one house, whereas in a buyer's market, there's a surplus of homes yeah. and not enough buyers. So being that there's a surplus, the seller ends up having to give more concessions or seller assistance. They may have to drop the price. They, they may have to make decisions they may not necessarily make in a seller's market because they want to get their house sold. So right now, sellers are not really giving a lot of closing help. Um, sellers are getting offers where buyers are not asking for repairs to be made. Um, inspections, inspections are being waived in some mm -hmm. offers, um, and and buyers are going well over asking price. Some are going ten, fifteen. We've even seen thirty thousand over asking price yes. just to get the house. And that's because that's the 
criteria or parameters for seller's market? Yes, and, and that's a couple of things are causing it. Number one, COVID. There are some sellers who just aren't putting their houses on the market. So that's causing there to be less inventory. And then right now, the interest rates are so low that there is a surplus of buyers. Everybody's trying to buy to take advantage of those low interest rates, which is causing even more buyers to flood the market and not enough inventory. And we want to give you an example, Rich, too. We're big on examples. We listed a house for sale in PG County. So we're all over Maryland, okay, everybody? All mm -hmm. over Maryland. Yes. We listed the house. No, PG got the brand. PG County, okay? <laughs> we're down in Brandywine. We had 50 showings in five days. So much that the clients moved out of the, their house to move they into stayed in a hotel. A hotel okay? <laughs> so that means we had seven offers. Could you imagine out of 50 people, Seven offers, it's 54 more people who are still looking at homes mm -hmm. and at price point. And every offer was over the asking yes. price. Everybody wanted the house. So they all went over asking price. And I mean, it was it that's just the kind of market that's that we're in right now. So as a buyer, don't get discouraged. It Please doesn't don't. mean you shouldn't get into the market. It just means that you need to be prepared to be competitive. You need to be decisive about what you want. You definitely need to go out and see the property as soon as it hits the market. Hits the market. Day one, day two, you need to be out there looking at it. Don't wait for the weekend because I can tell you, Please. the Dream Team already has our offer accepted by the weekend. So you need to go see that property ASAP. And if you love it, put that offer in because there's a ton of other buyers it that is. will if you want. Please listen to us. There are, there are a ton. I mean, when we say a ton. We're going out, like we mentioned, same day. We have clients that are looking at the same properties. We're like, oh my God, suppose one client likes the same client likes this. They're looking at the same. That's, it's just that it's so much. It's so many people, so many buyers. How do you handle that, right? So if you have, you know, let's what the key's working on somebody and then Candace has another client. And then, you, you know, in the office, you're having your weekly meetings or your powwows, whatever you call them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. those things. You turn around and you say, you know what? Well, I showed one, two, three Main Street to to, to Rich, and and then you know uh, you have a different client, and you know I showed one, two, three Main Street to to, to Mr. Johnson, and we on this we just on the same team. So how does how does those what's the dynamics look like for that? It's called managing managing <laughs> your book management. Okay. Managing everything you do. Uh, we, we got planners, we got schedules. Uh, this is how we do things on the dream team. So we're very organized and very meticulous about our work. Yeah. Organization mm -hmm. and discipline are kids. And then also we can't be afraid to delegate responsibility. Yes. So sometimes if we have clients and they want to see properties that are further north, but we're gonna be further on the west part of Baltimore, we'll definitely say, Hey Candace, aren't you gonna be up in Prairie Hall? Yeah. Would you mind taking this client and this client when you finish your showing that so that way we're not kind of moving around all over town right. zigzagging back and forth we just try to maximize our time so a big part of that is one discussing our load our workload and making sure that we know where everybody's doing and where everybody is and i have to say candace is the most oh. organized of <laughs> everybody so you know i have to give her a whole lot of credit today yeah <laughs> Yes, she opened up that book. Uh, yes, and let me say yes. this, Rich. So, Candace and I have been friends since freshman year at Morgan State, HBCU, Morgan State. And we were honor students, by the way. Honor students, cool laude, full scholarship, all that good stuff. 
both of us. So we've been nerds by nature yes. our entire life. <laughs> but that that planner, which you just saw, <laughs> she has had a planner like that since freshman year. She has always been meticulous and organized just like that. When we had exams, tests, finals, study group, it was always in her planner. And it has paid off to this day. So I share that to say, your friends may laugh at you if you're that person, but it will pay off in the long yeah. run. <laughs> yeah. That's really a good segue into this next question. Uh, someone posed a question. So what is your superpower, ladies? So I listen, I think, mm -hmm. Candice, <laughs> You tell me what Taki's superpower is. Oh, that's Lord. great. Let's see. She is super phenomenal at everything she does. She goes above and beyond everything she does. So it's super. I, I, she's superwoman. <laughs> and she is. and I would, I would say the same about Candace. Like Candace is a superhero. If I'm superwoman, she's a superhero. She's Shira. Like Candace has the best personality okay. she she attracts people just just by being herself and as you can see she's very raw and transparent and mm -hmm. she pulled out her schedule her calendar yes <laughs> so you can see she's 100 percent transparent yeah. authentic 100 so i would say she's a superhero Thank you, darling. Yes. And our our yeah, our superpower would yeah. be God. God, faith, yes. faith, faith, everything. Faith. Yes, we can, and, and as you can see, we support each other yes. all the time. So all of that stuff people talk about women and especially black women being unable to work together or not being able to support each other. It's a bunch of bunk. Don't fall for That's it. Right. Don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Don't give into it and don't feed into That's it. Right. You just have to find the right partner who is like-minded and has same or similar goals as you. And I think that's what our superpower yes. is, is that yes. we just have great cohesion. We trust each other. Yes. And first and foremost, we trust God. Yes, we do. So we pray We pray for each other like we pray All for ourselves. Yes. We pray with each other. We pray for our team. We pray for our clients. We'll even pray for you, Rick. Yes, we will. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I think we're going to make sure we do that before we close out uh, this first yes. round. Because I, I definitely see that you have good dynamics, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, one thing I'm good at, well, there's a few things I'm good at. And one thing is is people and, and observing people um, and, and how they move. But you ladies seem to have strike seam. You ladies have a good balance Thanks. and cohesion, as you, as you mentioned. And I think that's Thank you. In, in any partnership that, that you have. Um, why, why, why do you ladies love, what, what do you love about real estate? It, it sounds like you love it. So tell me, what do you love about real estate? We love giving back and helping people. The biggest thing, the biggest purchase that someone can make is purchasing a home. It's scary. It's frightening. It's a roller coaster. We say we the therapist, we the pastor. We mm -hmm. are everything to the clients because it's so much that they go through. So what we love most is helping them achieve their real estate goals. And if a lot of you follow us, you'll see at the end, you can't see the face now because you COVID, but the <laughs> smile on their face. Yeah. When they know they're getting the keys to their home, you bring chills to my body. <laughs> it's just, it's rewarding. It's yeah. rewarding. Being able to let God use us to serve families, that's that's the ultimate gift. Yes. Like, we can't ask for anything more than that. You know, the money, all of that is secondary yes. and it will come. But most importantly, we're just able to serve. And that's that's awesome. Yes. Absolutely. That, that's that's definitely. I got to tell you, I'm, in, I'm really enjoying this conversation. 
Thank How you, Fred. We Candace. are as well. This is my yes. first time meeting you, Candice. Um, nice to meet you. I've, I've known Taki for, for some time now. And, Long time. And, and, <laughs> you know, I, I've, again, I, she used to take pictures. I've, I've, I've seen her make moves. I've seen her make yes. moves. I yes, just, I've uh, always been an entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> she has. And can I say this about Taki? Absolutely. One thing, when I graduated from college, I went right into, oh, I want to be a pharmaceutical rep. I was a pharmaceutical rep. I was this, I was this. She said, I just like entrepreneurship. And we were just geeky, really, in, in school. And I thought she would be in corporate America. She said, nope, I'm doing this and doing that. Lo and behold, did she say, call me and said, I got my real estate license. You're going to get yours? I'm like, really? I'm in <laughs> pharmaceutical sales. And yeah. I did. And when I got laid off, it was the biggest blessing that could have ever happened because I said, God, if you allow me to get laid off in this industry, I'm going to do your purpose. And real estate, been doing it full time for 11 years now. So, so the true message to that is you may yeah. think you know what you want to do. And sometimes there is a setback or sometimes there is, you know, a barrier that's put in your place and you don't necessarily understand why. And this also applies to the real estate process. Yes. You may think you found your dream home and all of a sudden you met your offer may not get accepted or the seller may not make the repairs you want. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, hey, I thought this is what I was going to get. I thought this was for me. Mm -hmm. And now it's not. Now I can't have what I thought I wanted. And sometimes you have to take your hands off of it. You have to pray about it and understand that God may have a better plan and a bigger plan. And yeah. I guarantee you, whatever he has for you is going Amen. to be even better. Amen. So mm -hmm. she thought pharmaceutical sales was the way to go, you know, and God had a better, better plan. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm not the most religious person. I do believe in a higher being. Um, and I, I know that for me, he took me down a path that I had to do some shifting. So. Mm. Uh, we all have been down the path to shift. That's what happens. He shakes us up a little bit yes. until we figure out where we need to be. <laughs> facts, facts. So with that being said, uh, a question that I always ask, two questions I always ask, and you already answered one of those, which was, what is your superpower? The, the other question is, what does living a rich life mean to you? And that's separate answers. I know you all a dynamic duo. <laughs> um, well, Living a rich life, so just to, to be fully transparent, I went through a very wicked divorce um, two years ago. And I must tell you, living a life of richness is peace. Number, let me back up. Serving God, having your peace every single day, and just giving back to somebody, some way, somehow. That's living. Of course, and of being healthy. That's important. We stay in the gym all the time. But again, serving the Lord, or serving whatever higher being you live. Make sure you have peace every single day when you come home and when you leave your home and then making sure that you get back to someone. That's so important. That's living a healthy life and a rich life for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how can I follow up that answer? Um, I don't know. Rich... You better try. <laughs> I'm going to try. Okay. So I'll try. So I will, can, I, can I say everything she said? And <laughs> Absolutely. So yes, for me, living a rich life is living in your purpose, yes. living in what you're here for. So God gives us all kinds of talent, skills, and abilities. What we do with them is our gift to him for what he's given us. So God blessed us with this friendship. Yes, We didn't know why, what, or how, but we, we, we're using it. God blessed us to be able to negotiate and all that great stuff. And what we're doing is helping families. So just being able to live in your purpose, to be healthy, to be happy, to have peace of mind. Yes. 
to manifest the things that you want and the things that God has for you uh, and to serve, to use what God gives you to serve, to help others. That's that's living a rich life. That's all you can ask. Yes. And it's not about wealth. I mean, it is about wealth, of course, but (laughs) if you don't have all these other things first, then I don't know how in the world you're not going to, it just won't come to you. People have all the money in the world. They're miserable. Yeah. But those things are what I chase purpose, not money. That's right. The money will come when you find the purpose. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Cause I, Mm. I, I recall when I first started, you know, this journey of mine and folks would tell me, you know, they, Hey, you're a natural and shouts out to, to D chase and, 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 and Zeke, just certain individuals. They was like, cause then those are my first guests in 2019. And they said, you, you are, you are natural. You should have been doing this. Mm. You know, I, I agree. <laughs> I do too. And I'm just meeting you, Rich. I'm, you're sharp. Well, I know you and I agree. <laughs> and they said to me, they said that, that, that the money, the money will come. And, and I, I will say I, I've been, I've definitely been blessed to, and, you know, throughout my journey and be able to turn some things around. So that, that that's definitely, that's right on point. Purpose. What? What? Say it again, Taki. Say it. What? <laughs> Wait. What did I say? No. You're right. <laughs> chase your chase your purpose, not the money. That's right. When you chase the purpose, the money will come. So you you live in that purpose, and everything else will fall into place. And I think many of us go through life, and it feels like an uphill battle because we're still trying to figure out how to make it, how to get there. But when you let go of that and just start figuring out what can I do, how can I let God use me, and just do it. Just do it. Yes. Everything else will happen. Everything else will fall into place. Beautiful. Well, let's close this session out because I enjoy. All right. All right. Wow. Let's All right. Right. You. You you're going to say you're going to give me a prayer. So let's give me a prayer. Yes. 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 We touch and agree. yes. Touch and agree. Yes, we do. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for allowing us to meet Rich. We pray that you bless his business, bless his business to this year, next year, and so many more years to come. Bless yeah. him with great health, great strength to continue on this journey that he's doing. He's touching so many people. And we just ask for blessings in his family, blessings over our family, yeah. blessings on any client who hears this or any person who hears this, that they want to be touched by the dream yeah. team of Executive Realty. We're here to make any dream come true. And Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we ask that you bless living the rich life with abundance and overflow. May this show go further and faster than you could ever imagine. We thank Rich for giving us the opportunity. And we pray that anybody who is watching, who is living in fear, fear of anything, but especially fear of purchasing a home, will give us a call and let us walk you through the process, Lord. We pray that you will take fear away from anyone who is feeling it, anyone that's dealing with any anxiety or uncertainty, Lord, take it away from them and let them have the courage to live in their purpose, the purpose that you have for them. And we thank you once again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can't top that. Ladies, <laughs> amazing. Thank you for joining. Um, thank you, thank you for having us. Absolutely. I passed you some information, so I'm sure we're going to touch base. We ain't got to talk every day, but when we talk, it's always a pleasure. Yes, Amen. let's stay connected. Thank, thank you, you so much, Rich. We had a great time. We did. We appreciate you. Be Keep living a rich life. Yes. <laughs> Great team. Thank you. Yeah, you make me come every day. Every single day. I'll drink to that. That's right. <laughs> Take, care. Take care. Thank you. There you have it, folks. We have uh, Taki Wilkes and uh, Miss Carr. They were um, here live, and it was it was amazing. 
But we're going to keep living a rich life talk show going here on BeExposedRadio.com. Um, my next guest, um, you know, if you want, if you enjoy music, then you got to know my next guest. Um, she's phenomenal. She's international. She has a good sound. Um, we're going to welcome DJ Sid. Hi. Hello. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, thanks for joining. You got a moving background. What you, oh, you, <laughs> I can switch it up. I can make it feel like <laughs> No, not at all. I love it. I love it. So how are you doing? I'm, I'm managing. It's been quite overwhelming, to say the least, but... A lot, a lot going. A I'm lot. here. I'm good. <laughs> that's, well, that's what we like to hear. But thanks for joining us. Um, Thank we want to talk. Music. We want to talk a lot of different things going on. But first and foremost, let folks know uh, where you're from. I am from Northern Virginia. Um, grew up here. I actually was born in Texas and raised in Virginia. Um, my family is from Vietnam, and so they came here as refugees from the Vietnam War. So. I am first generation Vietnamese American. Nice. Mm-hmm. You speak Vietnamese? I do, yes. Give me a little something. Um, xin chào quý vị. It's like, hi guys, welcome. How are you? Well, <laughs> you only get it here, Be Exposed Radio. I love it. I love it. So let's get into this, DJ Sid. Yes. First, what does the Sid stand for? Now, I know, but for our viewers that's watching and listening, tell them what that stands for. So CID, C-Y-D, is an acronym for Create Your Destiny. And, and, and how did you come up with that? What was the... the, the... I was going through an artist um, name change. Originally, my name was... My artist name was DJ Charity. And half of the proceeds when I became a DJ, I was donating to two nonprofit organizations that are really supported, one being the Blue Dragon Foundation, which was founded by an Australian man who is based in Vietnam to help street kids get off the streets and um, kids who have been trafficked. So and some, when it comes to human trafficking, I'm really big advocate on that. And then also Operation Smile, which helps kids around the world with cleft lip and cleft palate. because before my path of becoming a DJ, I actually wanted to become a dentist. And so that was something that I was really passionate about also. So I was DJ Charity. And then when I went through a name change, when I became a DJ, I was working, I was doing it for fun. It was a hobby and I didn't think that I could make it, you know, become lucrative enough to be, make it full time. And so I donated the proceeds half the proceeds to charities. And so when I felt like I became full time, I couldn't give away like half the money I was making anymore, you know? So I was like, okay, I didn't feel like I was true to my name anymore. And then a lot of people were like, oh, are you DJing for charity? Are you going to DJ for free? I'm like, nah, don't get it twisted. (laughs) So, so then I changed my, I I went through a rebrand. So Sid really stood out to me because my name is Cindy, but every time I introduced myself, people would think, Sydney. So Sid really stood out to me and I spelled that C-Y-N-D-I. And so Sid, I came up with the acronym as create your destiny off of people calling me Sid a lot instead of Cindy. And so I felt like for me, I always believed I had a higher calling, a higher purpose um, in life. And I felt like the path that we all create and we pave for ourselves, we all have a different story. And it's really about honing in 
that energy of you being able to find what your path is and what your calling is. Absolutely. And, and based on some of the music I've, I've listened to, some of the things um, and videos I've checked out, it, it sounds like that's, that's your path. So let me ask you do, you, do you love or you like music? Oh my God, I love music. And I think, I think everybody loves music. That's what connects all of us, right? Facts. I believe whether it's, I don't know about the lyrics these days, but Mm. (laughs) I think just the the sound of music, you know, they say music soothes the savage beast. Of course, uh, I'm no beast, but um, music, it definitely is is very soothing and very therapeutic. Yes. Uh, I want to get back to DJ Charity, well, your previous name, because I understand you had a musical documentary. I I did. It was actually um, a producer. His name was Kwame. He he approached me to do it, and um, I I that was something he did on me. If you're talking about the DJ Charity music documentary, he did that on me like years ago. But I do have a nonprofit organization called Passion to the People, and so that we do have a music documentary called Conflict Cables. And Conflict Cables is a short film docu-series. And we basically have a, um, we produce the the beat. Then we have local artists um, come together to do a songwriting on it. So the very first episode that we created was actually a competition to have who was going to have this song, who wrote the best lyrics to it and came into the studio and spit the best bars. So our entire cast, each one of us pulled an artist and the artist that I picked ended up landing that, that track and just killing it. And so that docu-series basically was to follow that artist, the artistry from creating the songwriting, producing it, going into the studio, putting down the bars, and then shooting the music video. And so that's so dope because we really push, we want to push DC artists Mm -hmm. because when we think about music, when we think about other cities, yes, we have Go-Go. Go-Go is dope. You know what I mean? And And I'm like, you know, and I love that it's officially the sound of DC, but has it taken us on a national global level? It hasn't. Yeah. And so how can we put DC on the map? How can we keep our artists here in the DMV without having to feel like they got to go to LA to be- become noticed? So when we built Passion to the People, that was something that we had in mind was for us to build a collective of artists that had something to say within music that had a, an intersection of art and social impact along with putting DC on the map. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's, that's definitely dope. That's, that's Thank dope. you. That's dope. Tell us some of the individuals that you worked along. Cause I, I know again, sharing with our audience. So first and foremost, let's make sure folks know how they can get in touch with you, how they can follow you on social media, things of that nature. How can they get in contact with, with DJ Sid? Um, you can hit me up on my Instagram. I started streaming on Twitch. All of my social media, including my website is the same across the board. It's DJ CYD official. Um, and that's also DJ Sid official.com. Um, you can, you know, and I'm pretty, pretty responsive when it comes to talent booking and stuff. I have my manager. She handles that for me. So shout out to Chris. I love you, girl. Um, so she's amazing. I have ama- an amazing group of women that work work with me. Um, and so that's that's how you could reach me. 
Okay, good, good deal. And you do know, as they say, this is Women's Month. As far as I'm concerned, it's Women's Year all around because there's nothing like there's nothing like a woman. That's the first and foremost. Thank you. Um, so I appreciate you joining and and closing out Women's Month uh, for us. But again, I, I see opportunities where we'll definitely be able to to work together at some point in time. Tell us who have you performed alongside in the past and who you would like to perform alongside in the future. Who have I performed in the past? Um, I've been very fortunate to perform um, Montel Jordan, George Clinton, and P Funk, um, okay. Lenny Kravitz, Lenny um, I, Bush, the rock band, um, Blake Shelton. I opened and closed for him, and I'm trying to think who else. It's just been so. It's been an amazing journey. Um, my favorite one was when I had done Nike, the Nike women's half marathon, and there were like 15,000 women that were there. It was just so empowering to be in that crowd of people and just seeing all women collectively come together. I love doing things like that. And I love being able to mentor, you know, young women and young girls, um, that really inspires me. So, you know, I love like the big artists, but it's always the the things that seem really small that that is really really impactful for me um, is making a difference in someone's life. And so, yeah, I think you know having to perform on those platforms has been incredible and um, super grateful. How how did you even get into music? You know, because again, when you talk about female DJs, right? Yeah. You know, there's a good history, some well known, you know, in the past, but you know that's pretty much a a male dominant area. Yes. How did you get into 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 the music industry? How did you get into the music? When it, when I started the music industry, it was really um I was young because I loved music. I gravitated towards it. I was a dancer, not by training, but I I used to wake up every single morning and I danced. And so when I started going to the club, I started young. I was underage. Okay, I had a security guard over at Dream Todd Okay, letting me in in underage. And I was always dancing on top of the box. I was on the box. I always ha was the party starter. I, you know, it was me and my crew. We were we, we were the, the group of Asian girls that were like, oh, they could get down. They can actually dance. You know what I mean? Like that was us. And so I just loved it. It, it was just like the, the music moved me. And so when I, when I looked over and I saw the DJ in the booth, of course, I've always seen men. I don't think I've ever seen a female, a female DJ. And I remember when I was younger, I started to get into modeling and I was traveling. And I remember seeing one female DJ um, at a car show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, dope. There's a, there's a girl. And she's, you know, she looks like me. She's Asian. She was actually, she's, she's Chinese. I'm Vietnamese. But I was like, yo, that's dope that she's a DJ. But I started dating someone who was in the nightlife. He was a club promoter. So he was always around DJs that were making mixtapes. And I always felt at being a natural dancer that I always knew the energy of a room. And I would know like if a DJ was good or not, because he was able to make me move throughout the night nonstop. Right. And it would be very fluid. And so when I, and having that ear for music, I was, it, it felt natural to me. So when I started learning, of course, the technical side was, it took a little while for me to get the hang of, but once I started doing it and practicing it on hours on end, it just felt so natural to me that 
I was like, yo, this is cake. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and it was like, because I had that background in dancing and in music. And um, I was very grateful because I grew up in Northern Virginia and I went to the second most diverse school in the nation. So I had kids that came from different parts of Africa. I had kids that came from different parts of Central America and South America and Europe. And so it was fascinating to grow up in such a diverse place because that music of different cultures really gravitated to, towards me and my style of music. So what kind of, uh, what, what types of events um, are, you, are you DJing? Well, we're in COVID now, but, but you know, what well, events were you, were you DJing? Uh, you know, did you do weddings? You did the club? So before I, I really didn't do weddings very much. Um, I did private events. I did corporate events. But the thing that people were baffled by was the amount of spaces that I could move in. I could go from an underground deep house party to a hip hop club. Mm -hmm. I could do a LGBTQ space and then I could move to, I, Oh yeah, that I opened up for um, this, this country singer. His name was, um, what was his name? It was something Kip besides Blake Shelton, but um, you know what I mean? Like I was able to move in so many different spaces and I did Latin parties too. So it was like, nothing really was off limits for me. You know what I mean? Right. And so I did, and um, what I was really known for was doing like high end venues. Like, you know, I was doing the four seasons and um, places like the W and things like that. You would see me there because of the branding that I had for myself was to always do things like high quality, but you know, I did do like underground spots too, which I loved because I got to play music that was offbeat from what you would typically hear at you know any other place. Yeah, that's a different type of energy underground. Now, do you do things just in the in the DC? I I, I believe my team pulled up some some information that you know. One, I, I think you're probably a traveler. You've done some international tours. Um, yes. I, I, yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about that. How's it? Because you got different audiences yes so and, and how to keep them engaged one of the things that actually you know kind of fuels you to to move forward with with djing because it's, it's not easy to, to keep people on the dance floor all night but when you can do that you know you're doing something right absolutely um when it comes it really depends on where i'm where i'm at right so i really like i said because i had my background in in music and me being a dancer and understanding like all right, who is my demographic that I'm coming into this party? Like, who do I, because you, the thing is, DJs these days play for themselves, right? It's like, and and it's like, you know, when someone comes up for a request, they get really um, offended. But, you know, being the disc jockey, you were supposed to appease people and play what they want to hear and have them sing along, have them rock. Yeah. So that was kind of the point of what, what, what we should be doing, no matter what space you're in, unless you're like, obviously an underground spot and that's what they're there for. You know what I mean? And they're trusting the DJ, which I think there's a, an important balance and element between trusting the DJ and then working in these requests to, to fulfill like what this crowd wants. So being able to have that balance and understand mm -hmm. is such an important aspect of being a DJ. And so being able to move from different spaces and allowing me to travel, a lot of my bookings wasn't 
not necessarily based on my fan base, but more so my my clients because everything was through word of mouth. Oh, that's 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 what's up. That's what's up. That's you know, and that's so funny that you mentioned you know DJs these days play for themselves. Um, yeah. Have you ever had individuals come up and say, "Hey, can you play a song for me?" Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've had a lot of people make requests and the the good thing is for me, a lot of people have made good, great requests right. that is in the flow of where I am right now. And then yeah, there's a few people that are like, "Yo, that was so offbeat, but because I'm an open format DJ, I can actually make it work where I can blend it in at some point. Maybe it might not be the next song, but I'll make it work." Um cuz it it makes me happy to make others happy. But then you have obnoxious people where they're coming up with like five requests and you've already fulfilled like three of them. And you're like, okay, you're doing too much now. <laughs> like now you're doing too much. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Now, do you, um, so do you do function? What's next with DJ Sid? What's, what's, what's next, right? Because I'm, I'm looking to find out where you're going to be because um, the world is opening up a little, this, this whole yes. area. Right. Where are you going to be next? What's what's happening? What you got? My goal is to be on festival stages. So I used this last year, 2020. I was I really put my head into music production. So um, I did some, you know, Ableton is a digital audio workstation that I use for music production. And a lot of DJs do and producers use that. Um, but there's different, you know, there's different DAWs that that producers use and that's fine too. But I've been doing that. I, I literally spent thousands of dollars in 2020 to, to learn music production. So this year is me slowly putting out every single month. I'm putting out a remix that I've made. So I put three remixes out on the full moon every, every month so far. So I put out three on my SoundCloud ones. Um, two of them are house house remixes. One is an Afrobeat remix actually, which I love. Um, and so for me, music production and and really getting to know like what sound is it that I want to be able to produce and know myself as a producer and artist and being able to sculpt that out so I know how I can build my fan base based upon my sound. And it's hard when you're an open format DJ because you love so many genres of music, but how do you define yourself as an artist? So that is kind of where my focus is right now so that once I find my sound and I put it out on a consistent basis so I can build my authentic fan base that appreciates the sound that I put out because then that's where it's different, right? I can play stuff that I want to play and you can trust that you're coming for a certain vibe versus making requests all night as an open format DJ. So that is kind of the direction that I'm going into next. And so now, yes, things are slowly opening back up, but you know, a lot of people say you like Sid, you're, you're expensive or whatever. So we're not going to book you. And I'm fine with that because sure. I'm at that point in my career where I'm like, I'm okay because I know that my talent is at a certain level. And if you're not paying me my worth, and that's why it's so important when we're celebrating Women's History Month, that you stand right there where you know, like, I am this, I'm worth this much. And if you don't see that value, that's okay. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's absolutely. It's, it's okay. It's definitely Okay. Some folks don't get it, but that's okay, too. Yes. So you talk about performing. Um, I, I know you performed at the renowned House of Music venue. 
um, Echo Stage for Bud Light. I did. That was so dope. Shout out to Matt um, for putting me onto that. That was an amazing experience. They they had a this promotion that they were doing, and um, I had a chance to perform on Echo Stage, which is the pinnacle of venues in in the nation. Like they've been voted, I think, number one by DJ Mag or. I'm trying to remember which which magazine that labeled them as the best club venue in the nation. And um, I thought that was dope because you literally have every possible um, EDM, you know, DJ that has run through Echo Stage. And it's it's incredible that I had, you know, the chance to play there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you, I'm I'm eager to see you live some form of fashion. We're going to make it happen. Some form of fashion. We're yes, gonna make please. It. I would love that. Uh, so tell us, our viewers, those watching and listening, and we have DJ Sid here on Living a Rich Life Talk Show, BeExposedRadio.com. Feel free to dial in and or chat, uh, chat, uh, make a comment in the chat section, whatever works for you. Um, tell us something interesting about yourself most people don't know. Oh, my gosh. Something interesting that people do not know. Um, <laughs> I'm like, because I feel like I'm an open book. So I'm like, damn, y'all know know me, know, know it all. But um, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of a one-year-old. And, you know, it was funny because I didn't announce my pregnancy until I was about to explode, you know? So it was like, whoa, she goes, she just had, she she got, she was just popped out of nowhere and she has a baby. And so I have old friends that are hitting me up now, like, oh, I didn't know you had a kid. I was like, yes, you know, I I like to keep him out of the limelight, um, that part of my life. I was going to ask you, how do you, so how do you balance it now being a, a new mom and working and an entrepreneur, an amazing woman? Tell us, how do you balance the work, uh, work, personal life? I think support and family, first and foremost, um, is so important to have that balance because as long as they're understanding what your dream is and what you're trying to pursue, that um, they're willing to make it work with you. And so for me, it's my passion and my drive. I've always been a person who's held multiple jobs at the same time and was going to school at the same time. So for me, balancing and maximizing my schedule in a 24-hour day was easy. You know what I mean? And like lack of sleep was normal for me because I I was like, yo, I'm an insomniac. So for me, the key is to really plan. Plan your day, plan your week, plan your month, plan your goals. Um, And then being, being able to be flexible enough so that you can adjust to adapt to changes, but still keep your eye on the, on, on the big picture of, of, of completing a goal. Absolutely. There's two questions that I always ask my guests, um, two of my favorite questions. One is, tell me, what is your superpower? Everyone has a superpower. Tell me, what's your super? What's DJ Sid's superpower? My superpower is my compassion. Yeah, because that drives me to bend over backwards for people and uplift other women, uplift other men in ways that really brings us together. I And I really believe like that's my superpower. 
Okay, that's that's not a trick question. <laughs> the second question is, and, and it kind of goes with the whole theme of of living a rich life. What does living a rich life mean to you? Living your life on your own your own terms. Okay, it's your own terms. yeah. Easy. That's that's easy, simple. Period. Okay, that 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 I, that's that's a beautiful thing. I sum mine up in, in six principles, but Thank at the you. end of the day. That's really what it is in your own terms. So if you want to eat a bunch of meat, then do it. But, you know, (laughs) nice. You mentioned different music, um, the the genres of music that you play. Do you have a favorite? Oh, that's tough. R&B. I mean, it's hard because I love everything. But between dance hall and R&B are my favorite. Dance hall, (laughs) R&B. Can you sing? Can I sing? Many talents, DJ. I might be able to sing. (laughs) You've modeled, which I could, I could see that you're an attractive woman. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, you're talented because again, I I listened to some of your your sets, right? Because that's what they call sets, right? I had a DJ, Mm -hmm. had a few DJs actually, and um, this week, last last week, this month, I had DJ uh, Kiwi. She's a a pretty known. Um, DJ here in the in, in Maryland in Baltimore. Awesome. Yeah, I see that they're, they're getting it. I, I tell you, I gotta make sure I connect you with some of these folks. Other DJs, it's it's good. I'm not just a radio host, but I'm a network concierge. As as, as you see, I love that. So uh, we'll definitely make those connections. I, I definitely want to make those connections. One more question for you in terms of the sort of technology. We talked about the technology. Um, you had to learn it and things of that nature. What do you think about how DJs back in the days, you know, and because I'm sure you did your history just to be of On no- vinyl, you mean? Yes. But there it is. I was, I said, she's going to say vinyl. <laughs> I think it's important to learn. I think it's, a, it's I think it's the foundation of, because of, I actually collect vinyls too. And I, I still have a turntable, which my partner has right now. Um, I think it's important to understand and perform on the foundation of using turntables and vinyl. Um, and then once you go from there, you really could perform and play on anything else. So I think it's an important foundation. But I also think that because of the affordability of DJing now, that if you can't start there and you start with something small that costs you 50 bucks or $100, that's fine also. Um, because that's the great thing about technology. It's come such a long way. Um, and it's, it's good and it's bad. It's good that it made our, we don't have to carry those heavy crates around. Right. Like, and at the same time, you're not limited in what you can play because if that was the case, DJs got to get creative and how they, you know, how they're going to maneuver throughout their night. And you're not listening to the same thing over and over again, because collecting vinyl, especially now is really expensive. And so being, having the ability to just carry music, even as small as a thumb drive is amazing and how much music you could have. And so it allows you to have selections. The bad thing about that is that because there's so much music, you don't really get to dive deep into a genre and know it so well and find gems that you can play. And, you know, I miss those nights where you would have a, an all hip hop room, a all house room, yes. a house room. You know what I mean? I miss that because 
you really get to hear the gems and really trust like the DJ is taking you on this journey. Um, and that's, you know, so there's give, there's like the benefits, but then there's like, you know, cause now everyone wants to be an open format DJ. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like, what are you really specializing in that makes you unique? Yeah, that's, I think that's, no matter what you do, I think there's still, you, you should have a, a, a niche or is it niche? Never, yes. Right. Something along the line, but you know, that's, 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 that's kind of where we are now. And I guess we gotta, we gotta roll with it. What would you say to anyone more importantly, what would you say to a young lady um, looking to get into the music industry, looking to DJ and anyone else that's listening out there, what information would you share with them um, or inspiration would you inspire to them today? I tell all my mentees, I say, practice. Practice until you feel good and you're confident because the moment, the one problem that I do see that women do and it, it's harming to your own potential career, even though it's just a hobby, it could become a career. And when people hear you and you're not fully prepared and your transitions are a train wreck, people are not going to be kind. And not only that, but you don't know who is in the room. So you could either break the possibilities of you getting a booking for a possible gig, or you can create a really bad reputation for yourself where you don't get booked. And so it's important that when you come out, that you're, you're fully ready to be a, you've bloomed into a butterfly, that you're not out here as a caterpillar on the, on the DJ tables. You know what I mean? Like you fully bloomed and you're ready. And I, you know, it doesn't mean that you're always going to be fully ready. Um, it, it's important that there's that balance because you're always getting better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm still growing. I'm still growing as a radio host. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But I think, again, practice, learn, practice and, and respect your craft, learn the craft, and, you know, ask, ask others for help sometimes if you need. So. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to, it's never enough time. I tell my guests there's never enough time because I can talk a dog off a meat wagon. I can. <laughs> I, I love that. I really can. I want to thank you for joining. Thank you so much um, for having me. I really appreciate you, Rich. Oh, well, thank you for, again, closing out, folks that's watching, that's listening. We have DJ Sid closing out Women's Month. Um, to all my women that have been on the show this month, I appreciate you. I respect you. I love you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. DJ said, keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to connecting you with some other female DJs that I Thank have you. come in contact with. Um, so I'll just say, you know, this usually I give a long, rich life closing remarks, but I'll, I'll keep it simple and I'll keep, keep it focused on the women. Um, again, thank you, ladies, for being on my show. Again, I appreciate your input. I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, until next week, I want you to stay focused, continue to be inspired to live a rich life. Uh, once again, my name is Rich James. Good night, and thank you for tuning in to BeExposedRadio.com. Until next week. Thanks, Sid. Thank you so much.